Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Entredo. Lo que más nos gusta. What we love. A special episode. How do you get your kids to engage with you in the target language? We don't mean utilitarian exchanges about snacks or, or watching five more minutes of cartoons, but actual conversations about interesting topics, concepts, or just life, really. It's not as easy as it sounds. With our day-to-day -day lives, we find ourselves not interacting our, as deeply with our loved ones, which is a problem in general, but poses particular issues for parents raising bilingual children. In this What We Like, Lo Que Más Nos Gusta episode, we will share how we get those conversations going. But first, a message. Are you going to be in Houston this Saturday, March 23rd? Then join us for the inaugural Entre Dos Spanish Playtime featuring Paula Niño, host of Entre Dos, and Meli Martinez, Spanish teacher and friend of the show. We'll be reading a beautiful story about a day in the life of a beetle and his amazing bug friends. There will be song, dance, and crafts. Storytime begins at 3 p.m. at Meadows Place Discovery and Nature Center. For more information, go to entredospodcast.com forward slash events. Nos vemos! So, Monica, what are some tools you use at home to spark conversations with Zoe? Well, for me, it, it's mostly books, um, particularly nonfiction books or information books. Um, and I've posted about this before in our social media. I'm a huge fan. They used to be my favorite type of book um, when I was a kid. So stuff like illustrated encyclopedias, for instance, or you know, botany and biology books with really cool graphics or big map books. You know, th those are the types of books that I'm talking about. And, you know, these books usually have like a lot of information put together in a really beautiful way. So those are the types of books that that I'll be talking about today. They don't have um, a heavily mediated narrative prose. Um, most of them don't have a storyline or very, or if they do, it's a very light storyline. Um, but, and they can be even looked out of page order or you can even use an index um, to look through subjects. So um, the first book that holds a really important place in our house um, because it was, it was, it was really important for a potty training, particularly for number two, Um, was De la Cabeza a los Pies, From Head to Toe. Um, it's a book um, about the human body. And it has big, bold illustrations. It's not very realistic. It's very almost cartoonish. So it's really good for pre-readers. And it even has um, a main character that she's throughout the whole book. Uh, her name is Coco. And she takes you with her to the sort of, I don't know, a journey in biology. Um, And so is a lot like me, that information sort of calms her down a lot. So in order for me to get her to poop, I would read um, her this book, in particular, the chapter that covers food digestion. So essentially from like mouth to butt, it covers the <laughs> whole process. <laughs> and it's really cool and it even has games about um like ha match that poop to its you know owner 
<laughs> so it'll have like a bunch of different poops and then like an elephant and a little kid and a rabbit and you know and then you have to figure out like who pooped what which was really funny especially when she was a little younger and even now because you know that gross out humor is very popular but yes, um at that age or right, this demo is huge <laughs> exactly <laughs> so well, humor so it's Exactly. Poop humor. So um, most of our sort of longer bathroom conversations have centered around this book. And, you know, it, it's 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 a learning tool for her to understand her body. But it's also a really fun way to sort of, I don't know, talk about how our body works and why it is the way it is and make jokes about it because it is a funny book. It has a lot of humor sort of th threaded into it. Um, so, so yeah, it's that one. It was, it still is pretty popular. I think she might grow out of it soon, but, but so far it's, it's worked. So what about you, Paula? What's your first tool? I, I guess I don't have a, a book or, or books in particular to, to recommend, but what I, now that Amelia is older, I've really seen, she's turning seven in July. I've really seen her English at home increase. And it's understandable because her dad and I speak English at home. And it's, you know, now she understands the conversations we're having. So a lot of times she's, if her dad is around, she's speaking in English. Um, and even when he's not around, sometimes um, she's still speaking more English than she used to. So I've been trying to be more intentional about doing activities with her in Spanish to continue um, encouraging her to use Spanish and to grow her vocabulary. And it goes beyond a conversation because, you know, it's sometimes our conversations go, I'll say something in Spanish, she'll respond in English and I'll respond in Spanish yeah. and she'll respond in English. And yeah, sometimes she'll switch, I'll prompt her and she'll switch and sometimes she won't. So I'm trying to carve out uh, activities that we can do that are in Spanish. So the first thing, it goes back to books. Um, we've talked a lot about on the podcast about reading to our children, but now she's at an age where she can read herself and she needs to practice it for school. So I decided to challenge her to read for 15 minutes per day to me. And I offered a prize at the end. And she has been very motivated to do it. Last night, she read about six books trying to <laughs> complete two 15-minute two sets uh, so she <laughs> could um, get to her prize sooner. Uh, but it's worked. And, you know, it's very, for me, It's it makes me so happy to hear her read in Spanish, I would say, well for her age. But I think it's also a way for her to... Um, not only practice her reading, but, you know, get that input from the book in a different way. And what I've been doing is when there are words that I know she might not be familiar with and she's reading, I'll be like, oh, do you know what, uh, do you know what pavor means? Like yesterday, there was something, that, a book that said me da pavor. Do you know what pavor means? No. And so we, I try to, I don't do it all, all with every word because I don't want to interrupt but sometimes I will stop and lead the conversation that way so that she gets becomes familiar with other words I love that I really so is just starting to read and I, I mean it's so exciting for her to actually understand what's on a page so I can't imagine you know having your kid read six books to you <laughs> that must yes. be so satisfying 
<laughs> yes, it's good. It's or spring break here because I was like, okay, it's bedtime. <laughs> oh, I love that. But it's spring break, so she could. So I'm like, okay, I'm. She can stay up late reading to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely do that. I think I'm gonna do that next year when she's a stronger reader. That's gonna be really fun. My next recommendation for conversation starters is um. Another beautiful, beautifully illustrated books um, that don't have any words on them. They're reminiscent of um, Where's Waldo, uh, where it's just a page with sort of an illustration of a lot of things going on on the page. Um, but outside, but but the the books that I'm that I'm that I'm showing Soa here are don't have a mandate. You sort of, you know, you can, you're invited to meander through the illustrations to figure out what the characters are doing. Um, the books are really big and each page has very detailed scenes. So every little character is doing something interesting and it's all interconnected. Um, it has very simple storylines. For instance, one of the books, it's just the passing of a day. So the scenes will go from morning to night and you'll be looking at, let's say, the same neighborhood. Um, so, you know, we're exploring now also a series about the four seasons. So it's four little books that are just like this and they each explore, you know, one season. And it's funny mm -hmm. because um, in Miami, at least, you know, for fall and winter, that's the that's as close as she's going to get to them <laughs> yes it's funny but you know but she'll yeah so she'll grab one of these books and sit with it for you know 15 minutes you know sometimes she likes to do just sit with it by herself um other times she will invite me um with her to sort of imagine the characters and what they're doing and what their lives are like um so so and and that's really fun because we'll we'll i mean and, and again a lot of it involves sort of humor you know, but 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 it really we just start sort of talking about storylines and what could be happening. And and the books are really fun. And the illustrations, I think that the best ones and I'll share this in our blog um, are published by two separate editorials. Um, so uh, Casas Editoriales, I don't know how you say that, like publishing houses, I guess. Um, yeah. And the authors, Doro Gobel and Peter Knorr, are amazing illustrators. So I would say those are the best ones. Um because the illustrations have a lot of movement and they're really exciting to watch. And I mean, the level of detail, every character, the, even their faces and their, the, the expressions and the way their body's moving, uh, it's just very unique. And I don't know, I mean, you have to have a lot of patience to do work like this. It's, it's really remarkable. Um, so I, I love it. And, and it's something that we'll do on a lazy Saturday afternoon, just sit on the couch and just talk about it. Um, it's fun. That sounds cool. Amelia is a big fan of Worst Waldo, so I think she yeah. would probably love something like that. That kind of brings me into my next quote unquote tool or activity, um, which is storytelling and uh, pictureless books. I'm sorry, textless books <laughs> are a great tool to encourage this. Uh, are one of the tools to, to encourage this. But so this was a little bit inspired by an activity that they, uh, the Emilia's preschool used to do. And that was, they did it in English, but I was always 
kind of intrigued by the concept. And I think ever since she was about four, the teacher would pull out students individually and have them tell her a story and she would write it down. And so they were writing a story without knowing how to write um, just through dictation. And I still save those stories because they are pretty adorable <laughs> They're about dragons and eating princesses and all kinds of, for some reason there was a dragon and princess theme throughout um, that year. But uh-huh. so I was curious about it. I, she loved it. She, she really liked it to the point that sometimes at home, she, uh, on several occasions, she would say, mama, I'm going to tell you a story, write it down. And she would do it in Spanish. And that was led by her back then. But now, now I try to encourage it myself and say, okay, tell me a story or write a story because now she can probably write a very short, simple story because that force, it's almost like it flexes a different muscle, right? And they're using either oral language to tell you the story, or maybe they're writing it themselves, but it also sparks imagination and creativity. And it, it just helps them practice their vocabulary and, and, and kind of carrying a narrative. Um, So there are several ways that I think you can encourage this at home. One is simply, you know, tell me a story or, or, Um, Let's write a story together. The other way uh, would be those books that have no text, because if they're just the illustrations, you can pretty much kind of tell the story how you want, right? So you could look at them and try to create a narrative. Um, And then other two others that I've I've seen her really enjoy are one is a puppet theater. She got a a tiny kind of tabletop cardboard theater with... um, puppets that are on sticks and it it came it was very cute it came with a notepad where they could write their stories and then act them out and she really loved doing that and kind of creating her own story and acting it out as a show and it came with tickets too it was a very adorable kit and so she would sell us tickets to her show but again it's it's kind of encouraging the same thing making creating and telling the stories and um there are some tutorials online on how to make your own. So if you if you want to do an activity with your kid, that with your child, that's one that you can do. And there are also story cards, which they sell different brands, but there's there are some that are very cute, which we'll link to in the show notes or in, in the on the blog, that have scenes. And so the child looks at the scenes and kind of creates the story based on what they're what they're seeing on those cards. And I I've I feel like now I, w- I want to encourage her more to, to speak and to, to kind of describe things because I feel like she defaults to English sometimes when she's trying to tell, some, tell us something that happened or describe something. It's almost like English is coming more easily to her. So I'm really focused on that part, on the speaking and um, on, on oral language, basically, and vocabulary. So that that's that's the other one I would suggest. But um, but yeah, so those are those are the two two things. I and, love that. I'm gonna do that can, theater thing. Yeah, it's it's very it's fun and just seeing what they come up with, you know, it's it's pretty funny too. <laughs> their yeah. the stories, just no, their it imagination. It's um, you know, and you can act it out with 
with her. Like she, there's sometimes she wants to act it out or like create a story together, but it, it, it definitely gets you um, talking. <laughs> yeah. No, so it has a flair for the dramatic. So I think that she will definitely enjoy something like that. Yes. Yes. But so, um, so my next recommendation is a series of, you could call them books, um, called Wonder Ponder, Ponder, Wonder Ponder by um, Ellen Duffy. And I had been eyeing these this books for some time, but I really didn't think that Zoe was quite ready for them because they tackle philosophy, the you know, philosophy, the discipline, right? And and I wasn't sure if she was entirely ready. And I don't think she's entirely ready actually for this series because they're the it some of the concepts that they talk about she doesn't fully understand yet. Like the concept of, you know, law and what's legal and what's not right and and what's a criminal yeah. i mean and that's just one example because the 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 and, and and the reason i say it's not a book is because it's really more like um cards so it's it will it's it's a little card that has an illustration and then a caption and in the back of the card it has questions about what you're seeing but the questions are really far out you know that one of them um, this one is called Yo Persona, and um, it's focused on what makes you a human. And one of the cards asks you, you know, are you, how do you know that you're not a robot? Which is a really interesting question, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, and some, some adults might even get tripped up by that. Um, yeah. But but it, it's I love the idea of introducing philosophy into our conversation menu because it prompts us to have um, deep conversations about seminal subjects, you know, like humanity and existence and pain and freedom. But this comes with a very childlike perspective. It's really fun. It's not as sort of, you know, deep and cavernous as philosophy can be. Um, and these are topics that interests they interest me, too. You know, and I love to hear what So is thinking about life and how she's absorbing everything. Um, and another thing that I really love about this, outside of, you know, it promoting conversations, because that's this it's really this is really meant for that. It has no narrative. So it's really meant for you to sit down with your kid or with a student or with a group of kids. Actually, I think this would be a really fun group exercise in a classroom um, and just explore you know, these sort of far out concepts. Um, but it also promotes critical thinking. Yeah. Which is something that's not prioritized in schools today and even at home. You know, it really promotes um, sort of questioning things and being a little bit rebellious, which is something that I think we need. And watch <laughs> me say this, by the way, and then so he becomes a teenager and then I regret <laughs> it all. <laughs> yeah. But right now, I think it's important. <laughs> Ask me in 10 years. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found these suggestions useful. We'd love to hear about what tools or activities you like to use at home. Tell us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Entre Dos Podcast. And stay tuned for our upcoming episodes covering bilingualism and speech disorders, and also the role of public libraries in maintaining heritage languages. Hasta la próxima. Nos vemos.